0: When God's Word says don't use foul language, do not look at a woman with lust. Do not be angry at your brother. Love your enemy. Pray for your enemy. Do not take each other to court. Do not take each other to court. This goes for people who are having a divorce as well. All these and many more. If we do these things, we look and sound like the world. Do not be conformed to this world. Okay, but how do I do this? Find a way that's biblical find a way led by the holy spirit to do what you need to do but if it's compromising the word of god if it's compromising the truth of the word of god if you know deep on the inside this is actually not who i am and what i should be doing stop it repent and turn away when we compromise and justify these things the light of jesus in us grow dimmer and may even die i want you to see the light today Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. A huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. I want to do a quick recap before I get into our message today. Our first message of the year was Radiance, and that has also become the series that we are busy with. And it was about prophecies about Jesus being. Uh, the light to the nations. And what does that mean? We read um, the well-known Isaiah 60 that talks about, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And we spoke about how there are only two kingdoms in this world, the kingdom of light, kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of believers and the kingdom of non-believers, and how that among the non-believers, there are people that believe they are believers, but they are mistaken. They are. <laughs> Hello, my leafy. Someone turned three, he's turning three on Tuesday. So we've got a whole new interesting dynamic going on. Hello, <laughs> my This is fun. This is a whole new, fun. This is, now everyone knows we're live. This is live, people. Okay. Every opportunity is an opportunity for a sermon. So, let us want our Father in heaven as much as she want me. And fight off everything else that is trying to keep me away from my Father in heaven. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm sorry, my love. I'm sorry. No. Our father in heaven does give us pastors. Sometimes we have to go to them. <laughs> anyway. All right. Apologies for the interruption. Um, that has never happened before. <laughs> sorry. Apparently, we have a new level of having to deal with that. Anyway. We spoke about radiance, and we spoke about the kingdom of Light, kingdom of darkness. And we saw that we as a church and as people of God who have received the great commission to take the gospel to the nations don't only have complete pagan unbelievers who are even, you know, uh, persecuting the church. We also have people that really believe that they are saved and they need to be reached. And we saw how amazing it is that the light of Jesus is the way that we do that. When we receive the light and we radiate that light, we are the radiance of Jesus. That is how we change others. And we saw this amazing analogy of how photosynthesis works, that the protons in light excite things called LHCs in the leaves, which excites other LHCs, and that produces life, oxygen and food. And that is how we should be in the church. Last week... Javi gave an amazing message called Intimacy with God, and he told us about the four D's. Yes, let's give Javi a big round of applause. <laughs> if if you haven't listened to that message, please go and listen to the podcast or just go and watch it again on YouTube. It is a powerful way for us to learn how to engage with God, how to build our intimacy with Him. He spoke about the four D's, to detect His voice, to defend your peace to devote yourself to Him and to dedicate time for Him, He said that there's a massive difference between the rituals of religion and a true relationship with God. And we also need to know that the rituals of religion do not qualify us to hear God or to know Him more intimately. It is a personal relationship. And what I really like, He inspired me with this. He said, when we read the Word, we need to withdraw, wait, watch. Right and worship. I think those five W's are also great. So uh, four D's and five W's. You got it. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Today I want to speak to you about the the title of my message is See the Light. See the Light. And the, the subtitle to this message is Open the Blind Eyes. And I want to start with a story. Quite a couple of years ago, I was invited to be at... A gala event uh, hosted by the Blind School in Wooster. And it was a very fancy, nice gala evening at Arabella. Anyone ever been to Arabella, there by close to Claymont? And um, part of the program was something unexpected and deeply insightful. And they did this thing where they turned down the lights and they asked all of the seeing guests. To put on blindfolds and then they said that students from the blind school are now going to serve us our food and then we have to eat our food blindfolded so to experience a bit of their world and what it's like and it was you know firstly as a seeing person you very quickly realize how much you actually rely on your sight when you're doing something as normal as eating. Secondly, I was absolutely amazed at how these blind students have learned to navigate life without their sense of sight. But when the demonstration was over, I could take off my blindfold and see again. They could not. When blindness is permanent, you have to learn to cope by using the heightened versions of your other four senses. But in the case of these blind students, they know that they are blind. They are aware that they are blind. And therefore, they go to a special school where they get a basic education, but also learn how to do life as a blind person. And as a guest at this party, I also knew that I was only going to lose my sight for a short time while and then regain it again so i was inconvenienced for a short while but then it was over now i want you to imagine someone who is blind but they don't know it they are blind but they don't know it because it's all that they have always known imagine a person who's blissfully unaware that sight is even an option that it even exists they can hear, smell, taste, and touch, and that's enough. And if they're a woman, they have that extra sixth sense, apparently. How did they get here? They were either lied to, someone told them, you can't see, and that's just how it is, there's no such thing as seeing, it doesn't exist. Or, um, either someone told them that th- this is how it is, and they believe them, or they never learned that sight is possible. So they were either lied to or they were never exposed to the truth. In both scenarios, continual blindness is the result. Now, how many of you wake up, how many of you are morning persons and you get up and you're like, woo, yes, let's go, I'm full of excitement and eh, ready to go. How many of you are not? (laughs) Okay. One of, one of the cutest and funniest things for me to witness in the mornings is how my children all react to the brightness of daylight as they emerge from their dark rooms where they were in a deep slumber. They squint and they stretch and they pretty much what I do as well. I'm just, you know, picking on them. They squint and stretch. And all this stuff while they are waking up. And it, it makes me, you know, the, when I, sometimes I look at them and I, I think of a GPS that goes recalculating, recalculating. Because <laughs> I came from this and now I'm here. Like, where, what's going on? And why is it that they and all of us when we wake up react this way? It's because the contrast between the darkness of our night and the brightness of daylight is so vast. Our eyes, well, our God made our eyes so amazing. Our eyes have pupils that have the ability to let more or less light in, and they dilate accordingly. In darkness, they dilate to very big to let more light in, and in light, they dilate to quite small to let less light in. When coming out of a dark room into daylight, your pupils need to adjust quickly, like quite abruptly, and that takes some time. So for some of us, it takes even more time. And for some of us, um, <laughs> I've heard my mom and someone else tell me that when they wake up in the morning and they pick up their phone, it doesn't recognize them. <laughs> it doesn't want to do the face ID thing like, hey, that is accurate, whatever. Anyone else experience that? Your wake-up face is very different from your normal <laughs> face. You see, when, when you see the light for the first time, It can be jarring. It can shock your system. It can take you aback. It can overwhelm you. It can even make you want to do what my kids and honestly myself want to do sometimes and just go back to the darkness. (laughs) Go back into the bed. Don't want to face the light right now. It's too much, right? Anyone else? Today, the light of Jesus will shine in this place. I want you to know that. I believe that Holy Spirit told me today, blind eyes will be opened in this place, both physical and spiritual. And I'm sure someone healed from physical blindness will only welcome the light that they see with joy. But some of us might be confronted with light that jar and overwhelm. And I want to urge you, when that happens, do not retreat to the comfort of familiar darkness. See the light. Let the light in. Let it permeate every inch of your spirit being so that it outshines the dark corners of your soul and your body. It will be a choice. One I cannot make for you. You have to choose to see the light and let the light do its thing. Are we in agreement? Amen? Come on. All right. I've got three main scriptures that I want to share with you, and then we're going to jump into an incredible story in John 9. And then at about three this afternoon, I'm going to bring this to a closing. So, <laughs> all right. In Isaiah 35 from verse 4, it says, Say to those who are fearful-hearted, Be strong. Do not fear. Behold. Your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. This is our Jesus. Can we get an amen? Isaiah 42 verse 6. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will hold your hand. This is God the Father speaking through Isaiah about His Son, Jesus. I, I, the Lord, have called you, Jesus the Messiah, in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you, give you, give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles. That's us. To Open blind eyes to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. Psalm 146 from verse 3, do not put your trust in princes, don't put your trust in people, in leaders, in influential people around you, nor in a son of man in whom there is no help. His spirit departs, he returns to the earth, in that very day his plans perish. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that's in them, who keeps truth forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want you to know today that Jesus came to heal physical blindness. He came to heal spiritual blindness, to save those who are blind to the truth of who He is from being unsaved to being saved. He came to open the eyes of spiritual blindness, religious blindness, I apologize, religious blindness, cultural Christianity or self-righteous religious behavior. And He came to open the spirit spots that well-meaning Christians may have and that can be wounds from the past that are our blind spots and if we don't deal with them we keep on with dysfunctional behavior and we don't know what's going on and that dysfunctional behavior is even sinful and we don't know why we are sinning and secondly it's when we start to compromise on the little things and sin creeps into our lives. Physical blindness, spiritual blindness, religious blindness, and blind spots in our spiritual walk. I'm going to read you a story. It's a long piece of scripture. You have to put yourself now into focus gear. Okay, are you ready? Are you ready, church? I skipped a bit of the middle to make it a bit shorter, but it's still quite long. But this is an amazing chapter to read. And I want you to... I know people don't do this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Go and read it at home and meditate on it. No one will do it, but it's great. John 9 from verse 1. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Look at their assumption. This man is blind from birth. Someone sinned. Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. Imagine Jesus says that about you. But that the works of God should be revealed in him. Do you know that sometimes you have a struggle? You have a burden. You have a thorn in your side that you beg God to heal and to get rid of. But what you may not see right now is that he Wants to be glorified through that thing. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. What's in the day? Light. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. Everyone today who you may be blind, I might be spitting on some ground. I'm kidding. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. Go and wash. I'm sending you to a pool called sent to be cleansed. Do you see that Jesus did something, but then left the last part to the person to do himself? To see his faith. It reminds me of Naaman, the Syrian general who came to uh, Elisha. And he wanted to be cleansed from leprosy. He came with his whole entourage and stopped at the house of the prophet. The prophet sent out his assistant and said, you must just go dip yourself seven times in the Jordan and you will be healed. And Naaman was offended. Why doesn't this prophet come out to me? I'm so important. And how can this be so simple? Our rivers back home are much cleaner. Can't I dip myself in there? And he he was offended and himself and he walked away. And then an assistant said to him, if it's this simple, maybe you should just do it. And he did, and he was cleansed. This is what's happening here. And he said to him, go wash. Therefore, the ne- so he went and washed and came back seeing. He did what Jesus said, and the miracle happened. Wow, imagine that. Imagine I actually listened to God, obeyed his word, and saw the fruit. <laughs> Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. He said, I am he. They were wondering and he's like, Hey, this is Zach. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened the eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put clay in my eyes, I washed and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? Which is a better question. And there was division among them. Then it goes on for quite a few verses of how they're trying to suss this out because this is upsetting the whole bandwagon. Like, how can this happen on a Sabbath? Why is this man healed? Who is this Jesus? He can't be doing this. They were really upset and they went to the parents to check with the parents. And the parents said, talk to the boy, talk to our son. He can speak for himself. And we pick it up in verse 24. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner, referring to Jesus. He answered and said, whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know. That though I was blind, now I see. I don't know about all that other stuff, but one thing I know, when Jesus touched me, I was blind, but now I see. It's beautiful. Then they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciple? I love that little bit of a jab. Like, (laughs) do you also want to be his disciple? Then they reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses as for this fellow. We do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, listen to this. This is a blind guy from birth who's been begging his whole life. He had one encounter with Jesus that changed his whole life. And this is how he speaks this same day. Why is this, a, why? this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from? Yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of the one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. If he had a mic, he would drop it. (laughs) They answered and said to him, you were completely born in sin. You are not teaching us. And they cast him out. Truth offends the religious spirit. They do not like it. We pick it up in verse 35. Listen to this. The compassion, the love of Jesus. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who's talking to you. Then he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see. And that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, We see. Therefore, your sin remains. Listen to that, those last few verses in the New Living Translation. Then Jesus told them, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, are you saying we're blind? And Jesus said, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. You're Jesus heals physical blindness and he has commissioned and delegated authority to to us to also heal people. And one of the healings we are able to do by God's power is to pray for blind people and see them get healed. Do you believe that? We're going to see some eyes open today. This is confirmed in Mark 16 from verse 15. This is the Great Commission version according to Mark. And when he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. If they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Do you believe that this is the word of God? Do you believe that if you are a son of God, a daughter of God, that this applies to you? Do you believe it? Why do we still have blind people walking around then? That challenges me. Why are there not more people waking up from the dead? Why are there people who are walking around with demons that we are not casting out? Because that's what we're called to do. These miraculous signs will follow those who believe. Do you believe? Yes, these miraculous signs should follow your life. If you don't believe that, then you don't believe the Bible. Then you you serve another God. Good luck. John 14 from verse 12. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, who believes in Jesus, the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, does this verse get abused? Yes. Absolutely. What should we understand about this verse? That when I abide in Jesus fully, when my heart beats the same as His heart, then I will pray His will. And when I pray His will, it will be done. Amen? Amen. Secondly, spiritual blindness. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. A new creation has new eyes. If you're born again and you still have your old man eyes, spiritually speaking, you will not see correctly. Have your eyes become new when you became new. Regenerated eyes that see better than ever is what we have in Jesus. An unbeliever either believes a lie about the light. Remember what I said about a blind person? Imagine a blind person who doesn't know they are blind. All right? This is what we have with people who don't know Jesus yet. They either believe a lie about the light, that the light is not there, or that the light is not for them, or that it doesn't have power. Or they've never been exposed to the light in the first place. And this ranges from ignorance to full-on persecution of Christians with active hatred. Once the lie is exposed or the person encounters Jesus, everything changes. Once you realize, oh my word, I've been believing a lie my whole life. Or you have an encounter with Jesus, everything in your life has to change. What happens? You see the light. You see the light. It becomes clear. And it may be jarring, it may be overwhelming, it may want you to go back to, oh, no, no, wait, wait, it was better back there where I know, you know, my sin, my hole, my, the bad stuff that I was doing. Keep looking. Keep making your spiritual pupils go smaller and adjust so that you can go for the light. Amen? See the light. Do not look away. Religious Blindness. We saw quite a bit of the religious blindness when we read the story in John 9 just now. Did you see the religious blindness? Blinded. The Son of God that they've been waiting for. The scriptures they read every Sabbath about the Messiah. He is standing right in front of them and they don't see him. They don't. They are blinded. Are you in agreement? And Jesus sums it up in the end by saying that it was when they think they saw that they were actually blind, which is another way of saying they were self-righteous. They thought they made themselves right by the rituals and the rules and the man-made things that they created. By the time that Jesus came to earth, what was once just 623 laws that they lived by the rabbis over the 400 years added and added and added and they made it impossible for people to live up to the standards that they had. Even they didn't live up to their own standards, but no one could question them. (laughs) In other words, self-righteousness makes you spiritually blind, which is tantamount to not having direction and not access to eternal life. In Matthew 15 from verse 1 to 20, Jesus refers to the Pharisees again, how they focused on how the disciples did not wash their hands before they ate. And the Pharisees were criticizing and criticizing. And, and Jesus talked about it and he said, it doesn't matter what you put into your body. It, ma- it doesn't matter what goes into your mouth. It matters what comes out of your mouth. That is what matters. And it's, he's referred to the Pharisees who spoke like that as the blind leading the blind. And when that happens, they will both fall in a ditch. So when religious people stir each other up, they are the blind leading the blind, falling in ditches. In other words, what you say and how you say it says a lot about you. What comes out of your mouth says a lot about you. How are you speaking? Are you speaking life or death? Curse or blessing? Colossians 2 from verse 20. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world. He's speaking to born-again believers. He's reminding them what happened when they came to Christ. If you died with Christ, remember how I keep telling you, there's a lot of if, thens in the Bible. If you died with Christ from the basic principles of this world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish, with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom and self-imposed religion, false humility and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. This whole chapter two of Colossians messes up a lot of churches and Ministry communities that have made up some new rules for themselves. There are Christians who try to live like Jewish people. They want to be Jewish, but they're not because they think that they need to abide to these things. But they have been set free in Jesus. It's not necessary to do these things. And and this there can be a spiritual blindness to this if we are not really reading the Word of God by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Fourthly, there are blind spots that well-meaning Christians have. I've had them. I probably still have a few. We all need to grow in maturity all the time. And we need to be humble enough that someone, a brother, a sister in Christ can come to us and say, Hey, listen, I just want to tell you, I'm noticing this, I'm seeing this. This is not who you are in Christ, and this is not in line with the Word of God. What's going on? What's happening? Can I pray for you? Uh, We all have blind spots, but we will never shine the light of Jesus in the blind spots if we hide them, or if we are ignorant to them, or if we are prideful and don't allow the Word of God to change it, or the brothers and sisters in Christ He put around us to help us see the blind spots, and then go, oh my word, I was not aware, or Shucks, I know, I'm struggling with that. Please help me, pray with me. Let's bring it to the light and let Jesus bring it and heal that wound, all right? So many Christians, myself included, may experience frustration in their walk with Jesus because they are truly born again, they have been baptized, they have been filled with the Holy Spirit, but they still have habitual sin. They still have anger outbursts. They still default to dysfunctional behavior when things get tough and they don't know why. Is there anyone here today who have felt like that or maybe feels like that even today? The answer is that you have not dealt with a wound from the past. The Samaritan woman at the well with Jesus, she was an outcast. She felt rejected, used by men. Jesus came to her and because he could see her past, he told it to her in a graceful, loving way, and which led her to have the revelation that she is speaking to the Messiah, She met Jesus in that moment at the well. And that she is not defined by her past sins, but by the grace of the Son of God. And he gave her hope of a time to come when what will matter is that you worship God in spirit and truth and not where you worship him. He opened her blind eyes of the past and the hurts and the insecurities because of where she came from. She was a Samaritan, he was a Jew. She felt like she was unworthy and not, had, don't have access to the living God. And he told her, no, no, you do. And he knew everything about her. How powerful is that? That's the first category of blind spots is not dealing with our past hurts and bringing it to the... And that's why we have the Sozo ministry in our church is for us all to get to that place where we deal with these things and get healing. Secondly, and this is a tough one, and I'm going to get up in some of your businesses probably, and my own as well. Compromising with sin and justifying it in our lives. This is a serious blind spot for people who have become familiar with Jesus, who have become too familiar with living the Christian life. We get a comfortability where we think, ah, I can let this slide, I can let this slide, this is Okay. Because, and especially it happens when we are Christians together and we're like, no one's looking right now. We're not in front of the world. We don't have to keep the standard that high. We can chill. Get comfortable to get uncomfortable. I know from my own journey that with God that this is a very real blind spot. And many times this will be linked to past wounds. But it can also just be how we are influenced by the people around us. The company we choose to keep, the environment we work in, the music we listen to, the TV shows we watch, the news we listen or read, etc., etc., etc. On this point, I believe there's a, there's a bright light of Jesus' holiness that we need to see. A one million lumens wake-up call in this area of our lives. We are called to be holy we are called to be perfect. Why would Jesus and his apostles and disciples tell us, you are holy, we, be holy as I am holy, be perfect as I am perfect, if it's impossible, if it's unattainable. Why would they say that? He won't. It's like putting a carrot in front of a donkey and saying, and leading you along. But there's no, you, don't, you never get the carrot. Jesus said, be holy as I am holy. Be perfect as I am perfect. Because with the Holy Spirit inside of us, it's possible. But when we know this and we choose to compromise and we choose to justify the compromise, we are messing with God. We are messing with our salvation. And we are compromising the plans of God in our lives. Now, I'm not saying you'll miss your spot in heaven I, I don't believe that that will happen. I, by God's grace, I don't think it will happen. But you will miss out on the fullness of what God has for you in this life now. And you may compromise your crown, your position in heaven one day. Because there is a hierarchy in the heaven one day. Some of you didn't know that and you're quite shocked right now. We are called to be holy. Holy. And it is possible. Paul instructs us to not conform to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. In Colossians, he says that we must set our minds on things above, not on things of this earth. It can't be clearer. You remember, Khobi said last week as well, he was at a golf, golf course with two groups of golf days. People that were at a Christian golf day and other people. He looked at both and he couldn't see a difference. What does he mean? The way that the Christians spoke and drank and partied was exactly the same as the way the world was drinking, partying, speaking, same music, same everything. What's the difference? This is a hard truth. Because some of us go, no, but I you know, I want to be there to change, to be the light. Okay. Who's influencing whom? If you're really that strong, if your cup is really overflowing that strongly. Don't go alone. Yes, go be the light by all means, but be ready and be the light. Swearing, cursing, jealous remarks, slander, gossip, self-righteousness, alcohol abuse. We do it because it's part of the culture. Everyone does it. Addiction to social media, addiction to TV series, binge watching, sexual immorality, I know what it is to tempt temptation. I have in my life I become I became very good at when you tell me this is the line, this is right, this is wrong, then I like to go right up against that line. And I like to just, you know, take a peek. How bad can it be? You know? I've always I've done that. It's a pattern in my life. I like I'm curious and I like to test the boundaries. Those of you who have children will know that's what they do. If you say this is the boundary, they will go right up against that boundary. I'm going to count to three. They will wait for three because you set the boundary. And we do that as well. But every time I tempted temptation, I would lose. When God's word says don't use foul language, do not look at a woman with lust, do not be angry at your brother, love your enemy, pray for your enemy. Do not take each other to court. Do not take each other to court. This goes for people who are having a divorce as well. All these and many more. If we do these things, we look and sound like the world. Do not be conformed to this world. Okay, but how do I do this? Find a way that's biblical. Find a way led by the Holy Spirit to do what you need to do. But if it's compromising the Word of God, if it's compromising the truth of the Word of God, if you know deep on the inside, this is actually not who I am and what I should be doing, stop it. Repent and turn away. When we compromise and justify these things, the light of Jesus in us grow dimmer and may even die. That cup I spoke of during worship may get emptier and emptier. I want you to see the light today. Stop using those words in your house and around the bride. Stop complaining about our leaders and ESCOM and everything else that everyone else is speaking about. And rather than that, start prophesying. Rather than that, start speaking life. Rather than that, pray for our leaders. Pray for what you want to see. Pray those things into existence that aren't as if they are. That is who we are. We are agents of change for Jesus in this country And we need to do that. Do not join the dirge of the mob that just complains and changes nothing. The Bible says don't get drunk with wine. So don't get drunk. Period. If you do, you are disobedient. Plain and simple. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit temple. What are you doing to your body? Is your body the best temple for the Holy Spirit? It can be. What are your children watching and listening to? What games are they playing? Is it God honoring? Should it be in your home? Should those sounds and those people online be in your home? Does it systematically program them to disrespect you and not believe in the family units? Because I'm telling you, the average show that kids watch, they make dads look like idiots, mom like over-possessive, and children like the heroes. And they start believing that narrative. The enemy, like my wife said once, is slinks. (laughs) He is slinks. He is finding every possible way to lie to you and your children. He will make you compromise and compromise and compromise till he has you and you don't even know it. The worst thing is to be blind to your blind spots. That's why we call it a blind spot. Is there someone you have unforgiveness towards? Do you hold a grudge? Do you gossip about someone? Are you jealous? Do you treat people of a certain class or race differently to your preferred class or race? See the light. Stop the darkness. Stop partnering with the dark things. Let the light in and radiate the light of Christ. I want to end off with this scripture. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, has shone into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We're going to have communion now. And we are going to have communion, as I said, for two reasons. We're going to have communion to break the fast today and to thank God for what he has done in this week. And we are, going to have, we are going to have communion and trust God that today eyes will open, spiritual eyes will open, religious eyes will open, and our blind spots will be exposed so that we can be set free. Are you ready to do that or do you want to run home? Are you ready? Yes. All right. All right alright why why do we take communion it comes from the word common union it unites us around what Christ did for us Jesus at the last supper broke the bread and said to his disciples this is my body that will be broken for you eat and be a part of me he poured the wine And he said to them, this is my blood that is spilled for you. Drink and be a part of me. It is a way for us to commune with Jesus. To remember what he did for us. That through his death, burial and resurrection, we are free from sin and the wages of sin, which is death, death eternal, away from Christ. And when we take this... We are grateful. We are thankful. We are reminded. And also today, we are taking communion to say, Thank you, Jesus, for the fast. Thank you for the breakthroughs. Thank you for answering prayer. And may He continue to do so. And today, we are trusting Him that blind eyes will open physical, spiritual, religious, and blind spots. So let us take a moment quiet yourself before the king of glory and let us take these symbols with that remembrance I'm going to give us a moment and then I will pray thank you Jesus thank you for this holy moment we can be in your presence Lord we thank you that your body was broken in our place that your blood your your precious blood flowed for us cleansed us washed us clean made us whiter than snow Lord thank you that you experienced being apart from your father so that we don't have to Thank you that you experienced Hades and death so that we don't have to. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you, we worship you, and we glorify you. Thank you, Jesus, that we can know that through your death, burial and resurrection, if we receive you, we are washed clean from our sins we are made new and we earn the right to be called children of god co-heirs with jesus christ friends of god sons and daughters of the living god thank you thank you thank you jesus so much for listening to the love key church podcast message of the week i trust that you had a life-changing encounter with god that will help you to align with his purpose so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life and may you be inspired to share this with others have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person may god bless you and keep you. make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you.